This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at Do Perspectives. Nancy Lotter-Janderson is out this week. She should be back on the show with us next week. Uh, today, our guest is Jack Farrell, an executive search professional. Could a headhunter be a good resource for you to advance in your industry? How does the process work? Our guest will answer those questions and more while Ryder's here ready to take your personal finance questions. Call 81877-MPB-RING to join our conversation. The number is one 672-7464. You can also email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So, good morning, Ryder. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning. Uh, before we get into news uh, headlines, just uh, I heard something, and I just thought, I don't know if this is the case or not, but I thought I might ask. Uh, a friend of mine said a friend of his was a driver for Uber and Lyft. Mm-hmm. That, to me, sounds like saying, I work for Coke and Pepsi. Um, well, to start, they're kind of, uh, they're, I believe they're both structured as independent contractors. So it's just kind of like, you know, you want to download the app and drive. And we did have someone from Lyft on uh, on previously uh, who did talk about how this works. But um, you're an independent contractor. So it's like, you know, you want to drive for Uber on Monday or Lyft on Tuesday. Or uh, oftentimes they will even give you a cell phone so that you can, you know, they kind of. You pay for it in some way, but uh, they'll give you a cell phone so you can keep track of that. And I've seen uh, cars who they'll have maybe two cell phones out, maybe two phones out. So whoever, you know, just whatever app people are using, they will respond to that and pick up that fare. One other thing before we move on, and I think this, I don't know if you know this or not, but how, how do, does it work to where when you send in a request to Uber, just the nearest driver says, hey, I can handle that one? Or how do they divide up the labor, I guess? I, I think that's how it works. I, I, they may give priority to the closest one or the closest several um, and then you know whoever just accepts that ride as the driver you know because you know the the passenger doesn't really have a choice to select a driver unfortunately uh, so I, I do believe the driver has some option with um, with who they pick up I envision a Saturday Night Live script where several drivers arrive at the same spot and, you know, a little scuffle ensues or something. Yeah. And also, I I give credit to Uber and Lyft drivers, especially in larger cities. I know I took one in Atlanta last summer when I was there for a visit. And to deal with that traffic is is sort of part of your living uh, to me. That's hats off to you for for putting up with that sort of traffic. Okay, so financial news in the news. Uh, Well, um, so one thing I was looking at was uh, there was a report on how... Housing starts today, and I've just uh, just lost that. Um, and so, housing starts were much lower. This was the report for um, 
uh, for so January. Um, they're much lower than anticipated. They're much lower. It is kind of you know, much lower than the month before as well. Um, always caution people don't don't put too much stock in a single month. Kind of look at the longer term trend. Longer term trend is broadly still up. Um, but if you think about why this is so important, housing is such a huge part of our economy. You think about how much of your income uh, goes to rent or uh, mortgage, uh, even you know, even home improvement sort of stuff. This, you know, our houses are something like a quarter to a third of the economy. It's a huge part, um, and and it's a huge part of people's budget. It's a huge part of what people spend money on and spend time in, and so that's why it's so important. Um, and you know, again, don't put too much stock in one month being being down. It was down a lot, uh, but you know we'll just kind of watch that over the next few months. So a start is that as soon as someone like a bulldozer moves in and starts preparing a lot for a house to be built, is that a start? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, okay. and they do. You know, they track permits, they track starts, they track sales. All of those things are tracked, and you know, you generally expect them to you know kind of flow through to each other. Uh, but sometimes there's discrepancies, and that can be interesting explanations. And one explanation here with housing starts were down a lot in uh, the. West uh, in California, and they think that's you know due to fires. Uh, you know when everything's on fire, they're not bothering to uh, build a new house. Although you know if if a lot of houses get burned, you know they do have to be rebuilt. Um, or maybe they might be rebuilt. Someone's got to move somewhere. You got to live somewhere. Uh, so that 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 may you know go back into the numbers on the positive side in a few months. So we're looking for personal finance questions, as we always do each Tuesday. But this week, we're also uh, talking about ways that you might could uh, move up the ladder, as it were, in your uh, career field. Uh, we're going to be joined on the show throughout the hour by the Manning, managing director of Jack Farrell & Associates, an executive search firm that has clients in the U.S., Europe, and Asia, Jack Farrell himself. Uh, Jack, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Jack. Now uh, we share the last same last name, but um, I are, saw that. Yeah, are, I heard that. Yeah. Are we are we related? <laughs> I don't think we are, but I don't uh, know. Not, yeah, not that I know of. Uh, the Farrell tree is kind of limited from my my um, side, at least from what I know. There's a, a side called the Carrolls, who uh, I guess that was my grandmother's side, which goes on a little bit. But I don't think we're connected, as far as I know. All right, but but a great name uh, that we share. Absolutely. All right. So uh, you're with an executive search firm. If you would maybe help us with some uh, from uh, definitions. Uh, a headhunter. Sure. What is a headhunter? Uh, right. So uh, I guess you could say a headhunter works at an executive search firm. Um, uh, there's there's basically two kinds of searches uh, that, I, that I came to understand. Uh, one is called a contingency search. So that's a search where um, the recruiter, that's another synonym for, I guess, headhunter, uh, is only paid if, if the uh, effort is successful. 
and that he or she will bring um, candidates to the opportunity. Um, there's no obligation uh, on the part of the client to, 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 to make a hire. Uh, chances are the client is looking on their own, maybe engaging other recruiters, and then whoever wins gets paid. Um, and the, the second kind of search is a retained search. So typically a retained search is for, I'll say, higher responsibility positions, perhaps something that's confidential, sensitive, uh, maybe a C-level hire. And in a retained search, it's basically a, a contract that uh, the recruiter guarantees the hire and therefore receives a guaranteed payment. So so that is an exclusive arrangement. The the, the hiring party says, we're not using anyone else. You're the, you're the person we're using to fill the job. Um, and uh, so they say typically retained uh, searches are for higher level positions. A contingency search could be for really any position from low level up to mid, mid management and sometimes higher things that companies just don't want to uh, have the retained structure. Um, so, an, you know, an executive search firm, and I suppose the term executive search maybe implies a little more sophistication than, um, than not, but, but uh, you know, at our, at our firm, we'll sort of take jobs at all levels uh, within the company. So headhunter, recruiter, consultant, these, are they pretty much interchangeable in terms of what, what job description? Uh, yeah, I mean the consultant. The consultant has a lot of other implications, but certainly headhunter, recruiter. Um, yeah, those those are those are interchangeable. And also, then you are working. And correct me if I'm wrong. You're working with both uh, companies that are looking for employees, but also employees that are looking to maybe better themselves in their career. Uh, that's correct. Now, the way we work is we're really completely driven by the demand for talent. Uh, there are companies, and I would you know call these folks consultants, who will work with the candidate. So, so just to clarify the roles, you know, the candidate looking for the job is the candidate. The client seeking to have a job filled is is the hiring party. Um, you, you, what we do at our firm, I'm constantly looking for these positions that we can fill. Um, and then I'm, I'm certainly we're always inviting people into our network, and I welcome I welcome folks to join the network, and we kind of classify them with their different skill sets and traits and geographies, perhaps. Uh, but what we do not do, and I think there are firms that do this, will not work one-on-one -on -one with a candidate to say, okay, you know what, for the next 30 days, or whatever period of time, we're going to look for jobs just for you. And, you know, in that regard, there might be a fee involved, or, or and then certainly as a, if the person is placed in a job, the, the, the hiring party would pay some kind of fee to that consultant, I'll say. But we don't necessarily do that, and I always tell that to candidates right up front, because as I say, some, some folks have that expectation, and there are firms that will, will work it like that. So we're really driven, almost you know, really 100% driven from the demand side always looking to find jobs that we then uh, will look at the characteristics for that you know for the for the uh, um, winning candidate and overlay those against the characteristics of people within our database and then we'll sort of target those folks and say hey would you want do you want to know more about this opportunity and so on and so forth this is money talks on MPB think radio we're visiting today with Jack Farrell executive search professional uh, talking about uh, that world of, of, of work and also looking for your personal finance questions. We're going to take our first break of the hour. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. If you have any questions for Jack or if you have a personal finance question, 
Give us a call to join the conversation. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. To Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. If you ever miss part of a show, you can go to mpbonline.org/slash Money Talks to listen again. Also, download the MPB Public Media app when you do that uh, for your smartphone. You can listen to all the MPB Think Radio shows on your schedule. Uh, if you have a personal finance question for Ryder this morning or any kind of uh, question related uh, to uh, trying to better your position moving up the corporate ladder or moving uh, to a better position in your career, uh, you can give us a call this morning. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Our guest today is Jack Farrell of the Jack Farrell Associates and Executive Search Firm. Yeah, so Jack, I was just wondering, talking about moving up the corporate ladder, and you said you work kind of at, at, at all levels in a company. What can someone do? You know, maybe they're not stuck in a dead-end job, but maybe their company just it doesn't have a whole lot of room for advancement. Maybe the the kind of geographic, maybe they're in a small town. There's just not a lot of room to, to get to those higher levels. But they're, you know, they're a hard worker. They're ambitious. They, they want to move to those higher levels. Um, what you, you know, and so I guess engaging with a headhunter, engaging with an executive search firm might be important for them to kind of get that broader uh, reach. But what can they be doing themselves to demonstrate that they really are, you know, kind of a top level talent, that they really are destined? You know, they're you know they're a mid career professional. They're in their thirties, forties, uh, and then they're they know they're destined for the C suite, but but they just can't prove it in their current company or current area. What what can they be doing? Right, sure. Well, I guess there's there's a couple um, ways to come at that question. I, I mean, I think a, a worker within any company who, who's ambitious should always be looking to broaden his or her skill set. So, uh, if that means going, um, you know, for an advanced degree, I mean, I, I got an MBA at night, um, work during the day. Or if there's if there's a particular uh, area within within your industry that you're in, if there's a if there's an advanced degree that'll kind of further your prospects, that, that's always sort of an obvious um, pursuit to, to look look at. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is to always um, a, a former manager of mine would always say, um, you know, if you if you cut more of the lawn, you sort of own the yard. <laughs> so I think if there's if within a company, people should. I, I I guess try to demonstrate as much as much ambition as possible without 
becoming obnoxious, of course, but always look to gather more information. And in my experience, those folks who do that and can take on more work are recognized, are, are advanced, and have a, have a quicker rise, perhaps, in their, in their careers. I, I do think um, connecting with a recruiter it, it can be a good thing. And uh, if someone has that ambition, it, it's, it's a positive uh, pursuit and relationship to cultivate. Um, you know, I, I worked for years in the publishing world, and I'll have to admit, I was probably kind of immature in this regard. When recruiters would call me, I would kind of bristle at them and be probably rude to them. And looking back, I think that was a mistake. But, that was a valuable you know, these, connection. These relationships, you know, I feel differently now, of course. But, but you know, cultivating those relationships is only a good thing, and it's only going to help help uh, someone's professional career. And, and lastly, I'll say the only way, if someone is really looking to, to change their sort of uh, compensation point, uh, not the only way, but the quickest way to do that is to be, is to be offered a job sort of at another company. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you're brought up through the farm system at your current company, it's almost sort of their duty to the shareholder to kind of pay you, uh, I don't know, as little as possible, but fairly and, and only when another company kind of recognizes your value at a different price point will that company be either forced to meet that new price point or say goodbye to you and then you realize kind of a different a different compensation so you know as, again as I think is my own personal career the, the only way to really change your your salary situation in a dramatic way is to pursue other opportunities so I mean that's interesting you know maybe for someone who even you know even likes their position sees themselves long term in a company but maybe mm-hmm. maybe still keeping your options open and saying, well, you know, I could interview at this other company. I could at least just see what they think I'm worth and use that to move up in their own company, potentially. Um, and I've, I have heard of that being used, especially in academia, you know, the you know, how kind of get moving from moving between levels of, you know, professorship or getting tenure is might require moving to another university. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about that is I, I think it's uh, uh, it, it 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 certainly happens. I don't recommend that folks sort of uh, do something like that just to goose their own salary where they are. In other words, I think if you're not willing to take a job, then I think it's a okay. little bit. Uh, ill-advised to kind of pretend that you know you're going to do that, but you're just trying to um, manipulate your manipulate your own kind of salary where you are. Now, I think I think it could certainly be the case that if you get offered a different job and your current company says, "Hey, you know what? We're going to meet your that price point, or we're going to give you even a little bit more," then then you you're apt to perhaps stay where you are. But I always tell people, look. Don't get into this just to change your current salary. Uh, get into mm-hmm. this because this is a job that you want. And don't, because in the end, if, if it's that first thing, if you're just kind of, I'll say, playing a game, no one no one feels good about it if it goes bad. And we've, mm-hmm. you know, we've had some of those where we just say, okay, you know what? We're not, we're not calling that person again because they're just playing us. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's, I think it's legitimate to, to have a career aspiration and, and go for a new job, but you really need to say, Hey, I am interested in this. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, you can't be countered by your current company. It happens all the time. But you've got to be kind of genuine in that pursuit. Otherwise, it could kind of bounce back on you in a bad way. 
Mm-hmm. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're listening today with Jack Farrell of Jack Farrell Associates. He's an executive, uh, heads an executive search firm. Uh, so if you have a question about uh, trying to move up in your career or if you have a personal finance question that Ryder can help you with, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So, Jack, earlier that you said that your firm kind of works with uh, the companies that are looking for qualified candidates, and we've been trying to bounce it back and forth, sort of looking at this whole procedure from kind of both sides. Uh, so uh, if you are trying to find qualified candidates for a client of yours, how do you go about doing that? Where do you find these folks out there that uh, might be looking to uh, improve their uh, job situation in their career? Sure. So our our sector is largely the publishing sector. That's, as I mentioned, that's kind of where I came from. Uh, I've got four other folks on my team in the U.S. I've got one person in the U.K., and, and we all come from publishing. So things start with our own uh, natural network, and we've, we've now developed a database of about 17,000 names of folks who are from the sectors that we play in. So you know, we work in all kinds of publishing, from children's publishing, legal publishing, medical publishing. All, all these areas, university press publishing, um, and a couple other things. So our own proprietary database probably delivers about 60 to 70% of the wins that we uh, uh, get. Uh, you know, every conversation we have with somebody is, is an opportunity for us. We put them into our, our database. We code them up with their skill sets accordingly, things like that. You know, if that effort is insufficient, then we'll use things like LinkedIn, looking for for, for names of folks, um, you know, we'll oftentimes go right into a company's uh, website, and and you know, they'll oftentimes list staff members. So we'll we'll dive in there for talent again, code these people, and now they're into our mix, and away we go. Um, you know, so so there are some there's some excellent online tools. Uh, I mean, you're you're you asked me how do I look for people? That's that's how I do it. But to flip it, you know, for people looking for opportunities, there's some really great online tools like LinkedIn, I guess Indeed, which I don't really know, but I hear advertised all the time. Um, so, you know, so those are things that people should be exploring in addition to cultivating relationships with, with uh, recruiters in their respective uh, industries. So uh, if someone were looking for a job in the publishing industry, we'll stay along because, again, that's your, your niche area. Could they send you their resume? Would that kind of get them maybe possibly eventually added to your database? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's certainly a good a good uh, way to start. You know, there are a couple uh, industry job boards. You know, as there as there are in every industry, I, I would imagine. And and someone who is looking for a job, whether it be in publishing or I don't know, aeronautics or education, whatever it might be, it's probably wise for those for the folks there to get familiar with the job boards within their respective sectors, and. Um, you know the com- and and in doing so you'll you're perhaps going to come across some recruiters who work in those sectors and i do think it's a good idea to re- reach out to those individuals create a relationship and you know raise your profile uh, with with folks working in those respective sectors so networking important i guess maybe uh industry conferences uh, any kind of word of mouth uh, you, the more as uh, someone who's looking uh, for a better job the more you get your name out there obviously the the better shot you're going to have at, at job opportunities 
Absolutely. And, you know, as I think about a question you asked earlier, uh, you know, for that person who's in a company, maybe mid-level, trying to uh, move, move up but having struggles or whatever, becoming active in your uh, industry uh, association and, and taking on leadership things and, and getting involved with uh, participating in their conferences and being on panels, things like that. That those are all really good ways to uh, raise your personal profile, learn a lot. I mean, I've been involved with that, and you know, you really raise your game by use by meeting other people in, in, in within your industry and stuff. Um, and, and then also have fun. You know, it, it can be a really re- fulfilling thing to be participating in one of these uh, kind of national conferences that exposes you a whole to a whole broad swath of people who just might say, "Hey, remember that." person at the conference, let's see if he or she would be interested in this new job that we have opening. So, so that's a pretty, um, you know, it's, it's, it's relatively easy. It could be, it, it, it sometimes does take a little bit of time commitment, but uh, that could be a very fruitful path to pursue to kind of elevate your own profile and maybe uh, increase your own job prospects. You know, I'm just kind of thinking as you talk about professional organizations, you know, uh, I've had Somebody approached me. I'm on the um, board of the CFA Society of Mississippi, so the Charter Financial Analysts. You know, we have a society of all all of us in Mississippi, and I got on that board. Uh, and people, you know, that's a great way to raise your profile, getting involved with uh, with whatever professional organization you have. And people always ask, kind of, how did you get on the board? Like, how did you get more involved? I volunteer. Our biggest thing of the year, which is coming up this Thursday, is our annual forecast dinner. In one year, I, uh, you know, maybe naively. Uh, volunteered to help find panelists for that. I was like, you know, I have some great ideas for panels. Let me tell you, it's a lot more work than I anticipated. Um, but, you know, offering to volunteer, offering to offering to do a task that they need um, is a great way. You, you get involved, and now, you know, I know... Uh, essentially all of the CFA charter holders and you know it's a, it's a way to raise my own profile while also you know doing something that I really enjoy doing something I love and, and you know promoting the industry that I'm in so kind of what you know one way I've thought about it is when you join professional organizations you know, make sure you do kind of aim for aim for getting involved more. You know, it's not just enough to go and be in the meetings and say hey to folks there, but getting involved and becoming known for some for something in that organization, uh, and that'll get you you know higher and higher up in that organization. And that's probably a pretty good transferable skill. Um, you know, when you when you get into the work world and and moving up in in, in those ranks as well. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And and the other thing, it does enhance your professional skill set. I mean, in, in my experience, when you get involved with one of these associations, invariably you learn something you didn't know before, and that increases your marketability. And, um, you know, the other thing I'll say is, as a recruiter, I mean, I absolutely will go to an association uh, or, or a conference mm. sort of uh, website and look at who's involved, you know, because that says something about those folks that, hey, you know, look, it's it's all volunteer. No one's getting paid. Yeah. So here's a person that cares about his or her work so much so that they're actually volunteering. That means they're plugged in, they're interested, they're engaged. And those are people who we're apt to contact to say, hey, we got a job. We want to talk. So it's got a many kind of salutary effects. Uh, no, no question about it. 
This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. It's time for another break. Uh, today, you have a chance to talk to Ryder about a personal finance question, but also Jack Farrell, a headhunter. So if you have a question for Jack as well, you can give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 or you can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Earlier, we mentioned uh, or heard the term C-level or C-suite jobs. We'll define what those are exactly and have more with our guest, Jack Farrell, after this break on Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Today we're visiting uh, with Jack Farrell of Jack Farrell Associates, an executive search firm. So Jack is uh, giving us uh, some insight into the world of executive search firms, headhunters, if you will. If you have a question for Jack or a personal finance question that Ryder can help you with, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So, Jack, we are kind of using your firm as sort of a just, you know, um, uh, to kind of get just a general idea of how this uh, part of of the work world works. And you had mentioned that you a lot of times will work with employers that are looking for qualified candidates. You mentioned that you kind of have developed a database of qualified individuals. So when company A comes looking for uh, qualified individuals and you kind of scan the database and come up with a list of potential candidates, does your work end there, or are you involved in any way in the process after that? Right. Great question. Uh, well, sure. I think, I think um, you know, this can vary, but I think by and large, recruiters like to be involved in the, in the entire process and, and perform that service. Uh, if if um, if it's so desired by the the client, so um, you know I think we've got several tasks as recruiters. You know, one is we we screen, we 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 look for candidates that match the uh, particular need. We then have to vet those those folks who sort of express interest. Some are exactly on target, others are off target, and you have to just kind of gently. Uh, explain why that's the case and then the ones that sort of enter the the process of of an interview and all that you know we do perform kind of a a logistical uh assistance there kind of making sure everybody gets to the right place at the right time we're we're counseling um the candidates uh, as to what are the right things to to say and how do you talk tell your own story in the best possible way and then if it goes well we i'd like to think we're kind of a catalyst for a for a happy the ending um, for both sides. That is, you know, the client should use us to kind of negotiate salary. Uh, typically, recruiters are paid um, in some way, depending on what the salary is. So, you know, there is sort of a selfish concern 
for the salary to be as robust as possible. But but I say, you know, I, I we try to make all sides happy, so we try to get the deal done, or else no one gets paid. So, you know, I do think we're we can we can work as a, um, a, a an ally sort of for both sides because sometimes the candidate might have an unrealistic opinion about his or her uh, you know salary worth and and we'll kind of talk them down you know to get them to the right to the right point and, and then you know you know further furthermore we'll um, play the part of getting references collecting those sharing those with the hiring party and then a real important part of the process and, and something that I really think we can play a, a big part in and that is sort of inoculating the candidate against a counter offer, which can be just, you know, brutal. I mean, when, when if you have a successful process, you get to the end, an offer's made, everybody's on the same page, and then that candidate um, does accept a counter offer, let's say from their current company, that really is brutal <laughs> for us. But it happens, and but we try to get the candidate in the right mindset so that they see themselves in this new position, you know, mentally, spiritually, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, a, a good recruiter, I like to think, is engaged in kind of the, the whole process from start to stop. Uh, by the way, we are trying to educate some folks uh, this morning on some different terms. C-level uh, or C-suite is an adjective used to describe high-ranking executives. Think C for chief, like chief financial officer, chief executive officer, chief operating officer, uh, chief technical officer, those sorts of jobs. So, yeah, Jack, I guess it's important for you, as you mentioned, to vet. Uh, I would think that sometimes candidates might try to oversell themselves. And while they think that that might be helpful, if, if they have oversold themselves and they get in a situation... Uh, Again, it might not be a pleasant ending. And also, uh, as you said, uh, you don't like people that are sort of just playing the game. Let me do this to see what I might get offered, even though I'm not really interested in in possibly moving to another uh, job. Uh, no, absolutely. That's always tricky. And, and um, you know, part of the process is knowable to us. Part of it is unknowable. And, um, you know, our goal as recruiters is to kind of minimize the unknowable stuff, uh, if you would. Uh, but And there's always uh, there's also surprises. I mean, I, recently I had a situation, a pretty high-level position, and, and the woman was really interested in it and had spoken with her husband and, and um, got deeper into the process and then talked to her teenage daughter about moving to a different city, and, and it just didn't go well. Um, and it all blew up. And, you know, these are just sort of life things that happen, and I, I probably should have insisted sooner uh, in the pro- earlier in the process that, hey, make sure you kind of clear this with everybody in the family. I mean, I tried to say that to her, but, it, you know, folks, we're, we're all just human and we do what we what we do. Um, but, yeah, there's always surprises in, in the process, and we, we try to minimize those as, as recruiters, you know, for, for both sides, because you don't want a real you don't want dissonance happening um, deep, deeper into the process because nobody, nobody looks so good at, uh, when that happens. So I just want to uh, take a step back to what Kevin was saying about the C-level the uh, level executives. So, I mean, people always hear about CFOs and CEOs, this, that, and the other about them. What, what really sets that in, in, a, in a company? What really sets the, that C-level apart from the rest of it? You know, is that, I mean, because that's not necessarily just a track that you get on when you start your first day at the job be like well you're going to finish at the ceo you know how does what sets them apart in what they do and how they are recruited and how they're hired what, what sets them apart 
Right. Well, that's a, that's a really big uh, big question, and I'll just give you some thoughts um, uh, from my experience. Um, I mean, I think it, it, to succeed at the sea level, I think you've got to be just very, very smart um, and, and, and really perceptive. I think you also have to have... I'll just say this, it doesn't sound good, but you almost have to have kind of unbridled ambition. Mm -hmm. uh, I've just not seen folks who aren't that way in these in these leading positions. And, you know, I think with every career path, you have to make choices. I mean, do you want to travel on the weekends? Do you want to sort of be away from your family a lot? And do you want to have you know, long, long hours? And if you do... Yeah. Uh, and you're smart, and, 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 it, and you've got really strong perceptive skills, then maybe you're on a sea level track. Um, and and so that seems, yeah. So that seems like it's not necessarily something that you're just going to kind of climb, climb the ladder at your company, and you know, boom, one day you find yourself a CEO. I mean, or is it, or or is 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 recruiting and moving to a different company more important at the at the sea level? Well, as I said earlier, I think you, you ha if you want to um, be kind of constantly increasing your salary point and your compensation, making moves, be those outside of your organization or within the organization, is, is just essential for that to happen. Um, and I, I think sea level uh, talent, you, there's, there's a leadership component. You, you know, the person must possess strong leadership skills, and they can be all different kinds. You know, they can be a real kind of warm and fuzzy leadership skill or a very analytical and kind of clinical leadership skill set. But there's got to be some kind of palpable uh, set of leadership skills that are, are there because people have to follow you and you have to, you know, set a, set a vision and, and have people buying into that vision. So so that's an important um, component of it in addition to the smarts and the ambition. You've got to have leadership uh, capability. Mm. Uh, and I think you also have to be a smart risk taker, um, you know, depending on what the organization allows. But, you know, the, the, the almost like the fearlessness to, to make some hard choices is, is kind of um, incumbent upon anyone who's going to pursue the C-suite. Got it. We're visiting today with Jack Farrell of Jack Farrell Associates. He's part of an executive search firm. And, Jack, we appreciate you. We've kind of been bouncing around covering a variety of different questions and topics, and you've been giving us some great information, so we certainly appreciate uh, that, uh, you know, the, the scattershot approach that we've been taking. Uh, but earlier yeah, no, you mentioned um, that one of the things that you can do once you try to match company with qualified candidate is to maybe coach the candidate along on maybe what to say or what to expect at a job interview. And I think, could you maybe give us some general tips that would apply for both higher level positions, but also just anyone looking to maybe advance along their career path? Uh, what What is the appropriate kind of behavior and, and attitude to take into a job interview? Yeah, sure thing. Well, I, I do have a couple kind of standard uh, tips that I tell, tell folks. And I think maybe the most important one is as you're looking at a new job, and you're going to get an interview, which is, you know, that means you've passed the first step of vetting or whatever. In that interview, you need to be able to tell the story as to why you you are, are the best fit for this opportunity vis-a-vis -vis everyone else they're going to talk with. So the person needs to um, look at their own career experience and, and be able to, to – 
use a phrase I'm a New York Mets baseball fan and one of our old announcers used to say paint the word picture you know you've got to paint the word picture as to how these things that you've done in your past completely culminate in the opportunity that you're talking about today with this hiring manager and and therefore why do all your past experiences make you the best person to hire because look the hiring party acts selfishly they're, they're trying to find the person who's going to make them look the, smart, the smartest and do and and you know when that person who's hired does the best job that the hiring party looks smarter and, and succeed so we, they act in their, in their in their selfish interest which is hey we, we pick the person who we think is going to be the best fit so you've, you've got to be able to tell that story with examples from your career you know why these different experiences you've had point you to this point today and, and make you the best fit for the job. Um, the, the other thing that I tell uh, candidates is to have their success stories very much front of mind when you're in an interview, because you want to bring those into the, the discussion to demonstrate your various skill sets. I mean, if you say, oh, I'm great at sales, uh, let me tell you about a story. Once I had a customer, you know, the budget was tight, you know, they really didn't think they could afford our product, and I, I closed the sale, and here's how I did it. So the more you can illustrate your skill set with real-life examples from your career experience, the better you'll, I think, the, the stronger the impression will be on that uh, on that hiring party. Um, yeah, so those, and, and then the last thing I'll say is you never want to be sort of running from something. Like, the last thing you want to say is, yeah, you know, why are you interested in this job? Well, the job I have is just terrible. I can't stand the people. <laughs> that, that's the biggest turnoff that you'll ever come across, even that's if it's important. true. That's important but, advice there. Yeah, you have to you have to say, look, I'm here because this opportunity. I'm I'm doing well where I am, but this opportunity is so much greater and really kind of applies all the things that I've learned in such a great way. I, I just have to go for this job. That that's the approach. You never sort of run down the place you're coming from. You'll never you'll never move forward. It's the biggest turnoff you could ever imagine. So those are just some general thoughts about folks interviewing for things. So, Jack, if you could see me, uh, I am wearing a New York Mets lanyard this morning uh, on my ID badge. Really? Uh, so, yeah, I've been, been a lifelong <laughs> yeah, Mets fan. Yeah, he was, so, he was cheering when he said that. Uh, so. If there's any way you could connect the New York Mets and Bryce Harper, I think all Mets fans would certainly appreciate <laughs> that as well. <laughs> well, I, well, yeah, I don't want to digress, but I, I don't want him. And I, he's probably going to go to the Phillies, which will make us despise the Phillies even more. Exactly. So works. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, Jack, we could diverge no, onto that uh, probably for the rest of the hour, but we need to take another so, quick break. Thank you for joining us for the yeah, Mets Hour on MPB. <laughs> so uh, let's take this final break this hour. When we get back, we'll wrap things up. We've been visiting today with Jack Farrell of Jack Farrell Associates, an executive search firm. If you have a personal finance question for Ryder or a question for Jack about his business, you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. When we get back, we'll have more after this. Listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. 
Back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're visiting today with Jack Farrell of Jack Farrell Associates, an executive search firm. And we've been talking about uh, the role that Jack's company does to help try to match uh, interested businesses with qualified employers. Along the way, we've been getting some just general tips about uh, the job search and things to do and not to do if you're looking to improve yourself and your career. Ryder's still here, ready to answer some personal finance questions. Got about five or six minutes left in the show. So if you want to call in, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. And we found out that not only share the last name, but Jack and I are also big uh, New York Mets fans, and so anxiously awaiting the start of another baseball season. So... Um, uh, our producer, Liz Gill, found this statistic. It's an according to Glassdoor.com. It's, it's a job and recruiting website. Roughly 80% of recruiters and hiring managers use social media to look for and vet job candidates, making it extremely important to have a professional presence on the Internet. So, Jack, we've talked about sort of job qualifications, but I guess it's important also uh, your life outside of your job can be subject to some vetting and investigation by companies looking for potential employees. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, it, you know, there's there's the professional, your professional web appearance. So that's sort of a LinkedIn profile, which is just sort of ubiquitous. I mean, everybody seems to have one of these things. Um, but I do think for for certain jobs at certain companies, they will dive deeper and look at uh, maybe even some of your social social uh, kind of network postings. And I think we had one or two instances where somebody had some crazy things uh, on their sites, you know, their personal sites, Facebook, whatever it might be. And it did sort of mitigate against those folks. So uh, I I can envision that this phenomenon will only increase, not decrease um, over time. I'm fortunate in that I guess I'm old enough that I don't really, I think I have a Facebook page, but I don't really know. I, I, I've never posted anything there. I don't think there's anything incriminating, at least not that I know of. Um, but I do think certainly younger folks need to be careful as they think about what what image they're projecting outwardly. Um, because I do think employers will be looking looking at those things, uh, you know, more readily than in the past. And then, of course, on most of the hires, there's some kind of background check. We, we don't run those. I mean, we can do it if, if, the, if the candidate wants to. We hire a firm that does it. But there is some degree of, of verification of your educational degrees and sort of employment and the titles that you had at your at your employment. Uh, and I, my advice to folks there is don't fib. <laughs> um, you know. Tell, be be truthful with what titles that you had. If you're short of a degree by a couple points for some reason, don't try to indicate that you you graduated. I mean, we had a guy who you know was working years and years and had a successful professional track record, but he never graduated and he sort of fibbed about it and the per- and the company found out out the door next day i mean it was just wow. kind of remarkable so you know the truth is always the best approach uh and, and you know nowadays it's probably easier to find out a lot about candidates than it's ever been so you just want to make sure that all those different venues don't have any big red flags about you uh personally or professionally or anything like that but, you know, I think it's also interesting, maybe as, as social mores change, that possibly the business world uh, changes as well, but maybe lags behind a bit. The one thing that I'm curious about uh, would be, for example, you know, tattoos. I think at one point 
that was like completely verboten. But now, maybe because more people have them, uh, they're getting to be a little bit more acceptable in the business world. Is that true that, that it goes along but maybe lags behind what popular society might do? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that I think the business community is probably a little more conservative than the, than the standard um, larger community, um, and and some of their decision making is like that as well. I mean, thankfully, we've never had any tattoo incidents, and I always discourage uh, face tattoos. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, as the father of uh, five five teenagers well i guess a couple of them are in their 20s now you know things happen and you, you know you see something what's that over there yeah this is my new uh, upper arm tattoo okay so i mean i think some of those things are not too too um difficult or exclusionary but yeah you, i mean you just don't want to do anything that's going to make you stand out in sort of the wrong way um but yeah all right. Um, we've got about a minute left, Jack. If there is any way, maybe you could sum up again. Uh, in general, someone out there looking to better themselves in their career, uh, maybe one sort of final tip to leave them with uh, that, that you think would, would work well for, for most anybody looking for a job in any kind of career. Sure. I mean, I think I think anyone's kind of career success, it, it does involve a lot of networking and utilizing that network to, to your advantage. So I, I would recommend if, if someone has the ambition and is eager to kind of move along in his or her path, find out who the recruiters are in your particular sphere, which you can probably do from industry websites, connect with those people, make sure they have your latest information, check in with them, not too often, but every now and then. And and then you know the other thing is I mentioned if if, if 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 the rise in your career is important to you, always be looking for ways to enhance your own personal skill set, make yourself more invaluable to the company that you're at, and just sort of grow your um, you know grow your own personal core of of, of uh, abilities and and uh, you know when when that happens in my experience those people always get recognized and move move on and either move up the ladder within the current company or are coveted then by someone in, in another company. All right. Uh, Jack Farrell is the managing director of Jack Farrell & Associates, an executive search firm. Uh, Jack, thanks for visiting with us. And when the Mets make the World Series, hopefully I'll make my way up there and we can go to a game at City Field together. <laughs> That'll be swell. All right. Well, from, your, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> Money Talk is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or a previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash talks Or listen to the podcast. Just search for Money Talks on your favorite podcast app. Shows produced each week by Liz Gill, and our call screener is Java Chapman. So for Ryder Taff and our guest Jack Farrell, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's in legal terms, and we'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.